Today's scripture reading, it has been taken from Psalm 127, verse 1 to 5, a song of ascent of Solomon, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward, like arrows in the hand of warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. May Lord bless the reading. Thank you. Thank you, sister, for the Bible reading. And I'll request Brother Sanjay Patra to take over and share the word of God with us. Thank you. Good morning, church. It's a pleasure and a joy to be together worshiping God and, uh, and to hear his word. Thank you, Sister Diana, for, for reading God's word. We are studying some of the Psalms under the sermon series, God's Promises. God's Promises. And uh, we can also, I, I can... I was thinking of even rephrasing it, uh, that stepping stones to God's heart, stepping stones to God's heart, meaning that when we take a glimpse into the heart of God, we realize how those promises become so real in our lives. And so through the God's promises, we take a glimpse into God's heart. You know, this is one of the Psalms, or the only Psalm rather, which uh, is attributed to King Solomon. Normally, we think that King Solomon, as a writer of Proverbs rather than Psalms, but the Bible tells us that he wrote over thousand songs. In 1 Kings 4.32, it says that King Solomon wrote more than a thousand songs. And Psalm 127 is categorized as a wisdom poem. The main idea of this psalm is that without God, it is not worth it. But when you give God the rightful place in your life, you can rest in his blessing. Without God, it's not worth it. But when we give God, the rightful place, then it becomes meaningful. We can rest in his blessing. One of the things that we would like to do is that, you know, this word vain. Vain comes three times in, in, in this psalm. And I would like to ask you, what does vain mean? And you can write in the chat box. Please take a, a minute to write in your chat box. What does it mean, vain? Okay. So Shalom says it is futile, useless, 
meaningless, useless, futile, worthless. And my second question is that who would like to do something which would be categorized as vain? Work very hard and then it's of no use. It's useless. It's meaningless. It's futile. It's worthless. And nobody would like to do something which is of no use, which is of which is futile. Right. So it's of no value or it's or it's of no use. So when we when we look at something that we do, it's of no value or it's of no worth. Nobody is interested in doing something which is of no value. You know, Solomon introduces this idea through two parallel images. One image is the building of a house and the second image is guarding of a city. Building of a house and guarding of a city and then he makes an application to those who labor and toil without trusting God. And then he finally closes by speaking about God's provision for our needs using children as an example. So that is how this whole psalm is structured. So Solomon, who also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, in some way, this psalm is the other side of the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes teaches us that without God, work and life and home lose their meaning. Psalm 127 teaches us that you can rest in God's blessing because all that you need comes from God. So the first part of the psalm deals with God's blessing and provision in your work. And the second part deals with God's blessing and provision in your home. So there are two parts and we will be looking at both the parts. The first part is God's blessing in your work. God's blessing in your work, which is in verse 1. Let's look at verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So what is the meaning or what the psalmist King Solomon is trying to communicate is that without God, your work is in vain. Without God, your work is in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So what the psalmist is warning us, is warning us against an attitude of self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. Now, this world wants to be self-sufficient. It teaches us to be self-sufficient from all sides. God wants you, God wants me to find blessing and fulfillment in, in our work, but it is not going to happen apart from him. 
we cannot find fulfillment in our work unless we keep him in the center of all that without god our work will be empty frustrating useless or it will be all in vain you know one of the imagery that i would like you to carry with you is the fifth tire in the car the spare tire many times in our lives we use god as a spare tire we have all the things that we need we have all our energy all our expertise everything we have <clears throat> but we also have a spare tire which is in the boot which is called god if we need some time then we just immediately we have to fix it and we can go god is not interested unless the lord builds the house the builders labor in vain if god would remain in the boot of your car whatever you do however how many kilometers you do they are all in vain unless the lord watches over the city the guards stand in vain so what hebrews chapter 3 and verse 4 says that for every house is built by someone but god is the builder of everything every house is built by someone but god is the builder of everything so basically what solomon is saying to each one of us today this morning is that don't start anything without god don't start anything without god whether you are starting a new project or a new job or a new relationship don't do it without god don't go with your own strength and put god in the boot commit to the lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed this is what proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3 whatever you attempt in life commit it to god from the very beginning because if god is not in it then god's blessing will not be there so that's building in vain but there is also the other thing it is guarding in vain unless the lord watches over the city the watchmen stand guard in vain this has to do with guarding or maintaining that which you have already built you know certain things you have built certain things you have created but now to take care of it so what the psalmist is saying is that not that only you trust god in building but also you trust god and keep him in the center of of maintaining or guarding you may continue with god as well <clears throat> you know the great wall of china was built to defend china from the outside invaders the wall is over 4000 miles long and it's 20 feet high its width is somewhere from 12 to 40 feet of width that's very secure isn't it but the mongols they still were able to get into china you know how they didn't breach the wall they bribed the guards they bribed the guards they simply bribed the guards 
So you see, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. You might think you are invincible. I might think that I can do everything. I can protect. I can do whatever. You think that your all your bases are covered. Someone may say, I have all the money I need for my life, rest of my life. My future is secured. It's a good plan. It's good to plan ahead. But it doesn't matter how many watchmen you have. It doesn't matter how many houses or how much of deposit you may have. If you leave God out of it, it's all in vain. That's what Bible tells us. That was, that's what King Solomon is telling us. It doesn't matter. Labor without God cannot prosper. And labor against God will surely fail. So we need to keep God in everything that we do. That's what James chapter 4 and verse 15, it says, if it is Lord's will, we will live and do and do this and do that. So basically, where we are coming down is to this. Do you expect your work to succeed because of you or because of God? Do I expect my work to succeed? When I succeed, whom do I give the glory? Because in John chapter 15 and verse 5, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We can do nothing without God. We don't expect God to do the work for us. But don't expect your work to succeed without God. So inviting God into our work and asking him for his blessing is the right way to proceed. God wants you to find blessing and fulfillment in your work. God wants me to find fulfillment and blessing in my work. But it will only happen when we put him in the center. So whether it is building or it is maintaining. Whatever is that the task, whatever we do, whether we are building a house or raising a family or guarding a city, we put God in the center and we'll find fulfillment in what we do. The first thing that we learn in, in this passage, if you want to know God's provision and blessing in our life without God, it's all in vain. The second thing that we learn is that the blessing of rest, the blessing of rest, that's verse two. <clears throat> In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. This is the third time vain is being used. It is vain or useless to rise early, to work hard, stay late, toiling for food to eat. Nothing wrong with all that. In fact, we're supposed to be working hard. And sometimes we need to work long hours, but there's a right way and there's a wrong way to work. And that's what Solomon is telling us. So the right way to work is to put God in the center of all that we do. The wrong way to work is to put God in the boot of the car. 
and use him whenever required when we get into trouble. Trusting God. We need to work like a believer, working like a child of God, trusting God to meet our needs. God wants us to work and to work really hard, but he also wants us to give, he wants to give us rest. God grants sleep to those he loves. You know, we may have everything in this world, but what is required is the sleep. We need sleep. So that is something that we need. Ajay says, God made the country and men made the towns. William Cooper, very, very good. Excellent quote, brother. God made the country and men made the towns. And we live in one of those towns. So we need to be very careful. How do we live in, in, this, in this town? So there is, there is blessing in taking rest. And you know, you may be going to bed, but God grants sleep. How do we get sleep? Interestingly, animals have a better sense to know when to work and when to sleep. They know they're tired, they'll go to sleep. Psalm 3, chapter, five, uh, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, I lie down and sleep, I wake up again, because the Lord sustains me. In Psalm chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Even Jesus slept during the storm in the boat in Mark chapter 4. Because if we know that we walk with God in the center and we take care and guard with God in the center, then we can be rest assured and can get good sleep after our hard work because we know that God is in control. Work becomes a toil when we take away God's blessing. And when we trust God's providence and care, we can trust in his blessing. We can rest in his blessing while we work and we can rest in his blessing while we sleep. So we need to avoid two extremes. Not to try to do everything ourselves and not to expect God to do everything and put our hands folded and, and just rest and relax. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong in building, maintaining and working hard. These things only lose their value or meaning when we remove them from trust in the Lord. No prayer without work. No work without prayer. Psalm 127 makes it really simple. Work hard, finish your day, trust God, go to sleep. So that's the prescription. Work hard, finish your day, trust in God, go to sleep. Okay, we move to the next part, which is God's blessing of provision in our home. 
This is the last part, the uh, verse 3 to verse 5. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, the children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. The first thing that it says is children are a gift from God. And the blessing of children, can we share how the children can be a blessing? You just uh, unmute yourself and speak, but not more than one sentence or maximum two. Just say how children are a blessing. What does Solomon mean when he says children are a blessing? Just one or two sentences. We learn lessons from our children. You know, many times they are the teachers. Lessons from our children. Wow. We learn lessons. We thought that we are teaching them all the time. But actually then we realize, you know, we are, if, if you are at our age, like Brother Joseph or mine, at that age, we realize that children teach us more than we teach, teach them. Yeah, of course. God uses children to teach us. Vidya says, precious and priceless. Yes. Anyone else? Actually, it helps us to understand uh, God's fatherly heart. Absolutely. Very good. I think God's fatherly heart can be understood when we look at children. And, and we experience how God the Father would love us. Thank you. Okay. Yes, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. That's what James 1.17 says. Children are a gift from God. They are, the Bible says, heritage and reward. <clears throat> it's, it's, it uses here uh, two words. Children are heritage and off, offsprings are a reward. <clears throat> You know, what's a heritage? I was uh, looking at dictionary. You know, heritage is something which is inherited. Inheritance. Children are a heritage from the Lord. They're an inheritance from the Lord. Inheritance are, are very, very precious, isn't it? You know, there are, you, you have seen some of the heritage properties, meaning that they have been given to us in a glorious past and we want to protect it and keep it. Children are like that. They are heritage from the Lord. And, and, and they are reward. Reward is given in recognition of something good. So remember, brothers and sisters, children are both a heritage and a reward. You know, many times, nowadays, people think that children are a problem to avoid. Somehow, they become a problem. They start with a problem. They grow with a become a problem, and they become bigger and bigger problem. And sometimes, people think in today's world that children are an economic liability. Somebody said that I cannot have more children because I don't. I can't afford. But you know what? 
I know people who did not have children for a long time. And then when they have children, the joy that they have, the celebration that have, they have, you can't take it away from them. Children are a blessing. Children are a heritage. Children are a reward. But what happens? What happens is that you start, when children are born, you really take care of them, isn't it? The human child is the most helpless. They need a lot of care. <clears throat> they grow up. They grow up. And then what happens is that children become a support. Suddenly, at some stage in your life, you'll see a role reversal. Now, the children take on the support role. You are supporting the children and suddenly the children start supporting you. Like Brother Joseph was saying that, you know, children many times teach us a lot. And nowadays, when the children have grown up, they will tell you, you know, don't do this, take it easy, you know, all that. And with a lot of wisdom, with a lot of wisdom. So there's a role reversal. So children are become a support and they protect us. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So having children is something that God designed as a family. Now you may say that you know some people do not have children. Or some people have children who are far away and they cannot look after the, the elderly parents who are in some other city, for example, in Delhi. How does it work? Children are a support. That is why the church communities, brothers and sisters. We belong to this larger community and it is our responsibility to take care of the elderly in our community, in the church community. So I would encourage you, each of us, that look after the elderly among us. That's what it is. Children, we become, we are heritage and reward. And at some stage, there's a role reversal and we become a support to our parents. And that is how the society is run. So children are a heritage and children are a reward. But finally, we only we don't look to children alone. We look to God. God will provide all our needs. The blessings may come through children, but ultimately God is the supplier of all our needs. <clears throat> that is what the psalm is all about. It's all about God. Lord would build the house. Lord will watch over the house. Lord will give us the rest. And Lord will look after and take care of our needs. And that is <clears throat> the psalm teaches us. So what we have learned today, God is the builder, God is the sustainer, 
and God is the provider. And therefore, we can rest well trusting in God. God is the builder. Are you building something? Put God in the center. Are you thinking or worried that who will look after you, how it will be sustained, how your life will be sustained, how your relationship will be sustained? Look to God. Are you worried who will provide for you? God will provide. God is the provider. So with all that, these three, you can rest well trusting God. You can rest well trusting God. And that is my encouragement to each of us this morning. Who will protect and support us in our old age? God will do it. So, you know, in, a, in, in the uh, announcement uh, sheet, I had put four words, but they were incomplete. So let's complete them today. I had put commit, submit, recognize, and trust. What do you commit? Commit all that you begin to the Lord. This is what this passage tells us. Submit all that you have to the Lord. Sustain. Recognize that all comes from God's hand and trust God to meet all your need. So commit all that you begin to the Lord. Submit all that you have to the Lord. Recognize all that comes from God's hand. Trust God to meet all your needs. That is what this passage is all about. Trust him more. Trust him more. The blessing of work and the blessing of rest and the blessing of family. God's promise is to trust him. And my challenge to you this morning is, will you trust in God's blessing and provision today? Brothers and sisters, I encourage you that this week, trust him more. Trust him more. And, uh, and see how God is going to answer the prayers that you may have. Let's look to God in prayer as we close. Father God, we thank you for your word. Oh Lord, we thank you that we can commit all that we do to you. Oh Lord, we can submit all that we have to you. Lord, we recognize that everything comes from you. And Lord, we can trust you for meeting our needs. Oh Lord, what a great God we have. Father, help us to trust you more, to be dependent on you more, and to put you in the center of all that we are doing, not to treat you like a spare wheel in the car, but the main driving wheel that you will drive our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.